There we go. Now, again, I thank you all for allowing me to uh, to be here. But as I was looking over this this week, an old song we used to sing years ago came to mind. I want to walk and talk. Don't ask me to sing. I'm not going to sing. With Jesus each and every day, I want my life to be acceptable to him in every way. I want to treat my brothers and sisters the way he taught me to because he said to unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think that in a way of speaking encapsulates this lesson because in order to do all that, you have to love. If you want to, if you want to walk with God, you have to love God. Uh, if you want to your light to shine before him, you have to actually love him. Because if you don't love him, none of those things will work out. But if you will allow me, as I studied this lesson and I looked over in some detail, the memory verse. I have a habit of doing things that, that you understand. I pick out words and I, and, and I examine those, those words. And when I examine those words, I, I like to put them back in place after I examine them. So let's, let's spend a couple minutes examining. Uh, but before we do that, the title of this lesson, The Pursuit, God Pursues a, a Love Relationship. And when I think of pursuit, one of the first things that comes to my mind, I'm a silly kind of guy, you understand, <laughs> is police pursuits. Yeah. I, I, I love law enforcement. Don't, I, I'm just crazy that way. So I sit down sometimes on a, on a TV set and I watch police pursuits. And you'll find the enemy running. I'll use the term enemy there. Running because he doesn't want to be captured. They will do almost anything to evade the capture of law enforcement. They will drive four-wheel driving with a basic street vehicle. They will drive through waters. They will do all kinds of silly things. But most police departments, while they may not be right at his tail, they will do certain things to follow without being right on them. They call it tracking. They may have a helicopter in the sky and they're going after this, this runner. They may have a couple of cars on either side parallel him on different streets. They do a number of tactics to get a hold of this guy that's running. Eventually, they usually catch him. But God's pursuit is not like that. God is not chasing behind us to put us in captivity. That's right. <laughs> he is not. If I get a little preach coming out of me, please pardon me. I can't help it. It's who I am. But 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 but, but he does not chase behind us to put us in and lock to lock us up. Instead, his pursuit is to walk with us and alongside us to be part of us as we become part of him. I want to walk and talk with Jesus each and every day. That's going to sink in in a minute. And so, God pursues us. He doesn't, as I said before, want to take us into custody, but he just wants to engage with us. He, he, he wants to be intimate with us, if I could use that term. I'm reminded, and you gentlemen will remember this, of when you saw the object of your love for the first time. And you would do anything to get her attention. Uh, you might buy some flowers or some chocolate candies. Maybe some white chocolate, you know. Uh, but you would do whatever it took until she realized that you were coming after her. Not to harm her, 
but to engage with her and to love her and to treat her. I'm not talking sexuality here. I'm talking about intimacy, which is not the same as sexuality. There's another mistake that we have in our society. And so you chase behind her and hopefully you win. And she will give in to you. <laughs> Pursuit of love. I looked in Webster's Dictionary for the word pursuit or pursue, and it made a very simple definition that word was to engage in. There were other definitions, but the word we're looking at here is to engage in. God wants to engage with us. He wants that relational aspect with us, and so he pursues after that. He wants to be part our, of our lives. He seeks an intimate relationship be benefiting the ones he pursues. In other words, his pursuit of us does not benefit him. His pursuit of us benefits us. If we begin to think on it that way, God's chasing after us. So that we can be part of him. <laughs> I want to walk and talk with Jesus each and every day. I want my life to be acceptable to him in every way. So when our life is acceptable to him in every way, our love for him grows. But we'll get into that in a minute. Our love for him comes more and more. And by the way, I'm going to get into this in a minute. Love is not a feeling. <laughs> Love is not the, oh my goodness, I can't stand up when I'm around such and such and so. So that's not love. You could have, you might have missed your breakfast that morning. You're feeling lightheaded. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Man. Uh, but let that sink in for just a minute. I'm telling you what love is not so we can get into what love really is. It, it, it is not, oh, I can't breathe outside of your absence, or outside of your presence, rather. That, that's not love. It might be a feeling. I promise you it's not love. <laughs> now, I'm not saying love does not want to be around its object, because it does. But those feelings are not love. Hmm. Hmm. Love. God is so enamored of his people. He so loved his people that he sent his own son to die for his people. I'll be honest with you. And this is just me, though. I have three sons and one daughter by my one wife. I'm not willing to give either one of my children for anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not willing to do that. I would rather stand in my children's stead. Yeah. But God loved us so much, he sent his son to die for us. He so cared for us that he sent his son to die that we might live. Love. Hmm. Our memory verse. 
Jesus said unto them, I'm going to pause there for a minute. Jesus said unto them, this is indicative of the fact that there was previous conversation going on. Jesus didn't just pop out the wood and start talking to them. No, there was a whole conversation. If you read the text before, there was a whole conversation going on. And this is added to that conversation. Hmm. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy heart. I like the King James Version, so I use that Me quite too. often. Amen. And with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Now, let's pull out some of these words here and examine some of these words. Because I think in examining these words, we really go to the heart of this past week's lessons. The word love we discussed a moment ago is not a feeling. Instead, it's a verb. Amen. It means to treat affectionately or kindly. To befriend or to be a friend. Hmm. If I love you all as my brothers and sisters, I'm going to treat you well. I'm going to honor you. I will not disparage you. I will not disrespect you. But I will pull you into, as it were, my bosom because I love you. <laughs> to be friend. To treat affectionately or kindly. I don't hurt people that I love. Hmm. Because my affection won't allow that. Heart. The word heart. The word heart denotes the center of physical and spiritual life. I looked up these words in the dictionaries I have at the house, you understand? The heart is, denotes the center of physical and spiritual life. The center and seat of spiritual life. So to love God with all your heart is to love him with your being. It's not so much talking about the physical heart here. But it's talking about your being, who you truly are. To love God with your heart. Your soul is your breath or the breath of life. You'll recall that when God created man, he breathed into him the breath of life. So we ought to love God with our breath, with our, it's almost a redundancy of the, of the first one. But we ought to love God with even our breath. Amen. As we breathe, the word of love of God should be coming out of us. That sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? But the breath of life, we should be loving God so much with our, with our soul. And mind is another word I decided to look up. Which means the understanding, the intellect, the process of reasoning according to Plato. In other words, we don't have what some people call a blind faith. We don't have a blind love. We understand exactly who God is and what he did for us. We love God because God first loved us. 
And we understand that clearly intellectually. It's with our minds and our hearts and our spirit and our very breath that we love God. And so we chase after him because he chased after us. We seek to befriend him because first he loved us. But it's interesting also to note this beginning of this text, it says, thou shalt. This word shalt is an absolute command. Yeah, it, is. it is not an option. It, it, it is not, well, if you feel like it. No, the word shalt, it, it, it lets you know there is no other choice in the matter. You will love God, period. Oh. <laughs> mm. yeah. And it goes on to say, this is the first and great commandment. First being the chief or principal command. So that in other words, if this is the first or principal command, the utmost command, everything else falls under it. Nothing is more important than it. That we love. And then we go to great. There's nothing more honorable than to love God. There's no more higher esteem than to love him with our whole life. And I kept on reading through this text by the Black Bees. And I found something else that I thought quite interesting. And it's in, it's in a book. And it referred to Deuteronomy chapter 30. That There is so much in that text. I don't have the time today to bring it all out. But I will read it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life. That both thou and thy seed may live. Now watch this. That thou mayest love. There's that word again. The Lord thy God. And that thou mayest obey his voice. So it appears to me, I'm going to pause for a minute, that if you love God, you will obey him. The two seem to go hand in hand. You love me, you obey me. <laughs> Do y'all see that there too? Or is it just my imagination? No, running? it's there. Mm. Yeah. And that thou mayest cleave unto him. When you cleave one to a thing, you're holding on tight. You don't want to let go. <laughs> mm. For he is thy life. And the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers. To Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Now, apparently this was written basically for the Israelites during that particular period of time. But the principles stand true. God's principles are timeless, much like his love. <laughs> that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his rules and cleave to him. Wherefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife? <laughs> Hold on to, don't let go. Hold with all your being. I hope I'm making sense here. Yes, you are. <laughs> Keep on. 
the love of God, as I said a moment ago, is timeless. And he continues to chase after and befriend the objects of his intentional and purposeful love. His intentional and purposeful love. Love is a choice. I personally don't like the idea of falling in love. I hear that too often. I fell in love with this one. I fell in love with that one. No, because when you fall, that suggests an accident. Nobody falls on purpose. <laughs> I would suggest that we grow in love rather than fall in love. Hmm. So God continually chases after and befriends the objects of his intentional and purposeful love. He loves us because he wants to love us. He doesn't have to, but then again, God is love. So how can the one who is love not love? <laughs> so because of his very nature, because of who he is, by necessity, he loves us. So much so, he doesn't want any of us to perish, but we all come to repentance. Which is why he sent his son to die for us. I can't get that out of my mind. And this is not part of the lesson here, but I keep seeing as I read through this. Jesus, having been born of a virgin, committed no sin on this earth, didn't lie even one time, didn't have a bunch of girlfriends running around, had no boyfriends either, mind you. <laughs> But they found reason to take him to a full court. One fellow said, hold up, man. I don't see a thing wrong. I, I, I can't find anything wrong with him. I don't see any fault. But he still gave in to the crowd. And he beat him with his cat and nine tails. I keep thinking about the love. And every time I read that love, that's what I think about. They beat him with this cat and nine tails. They put this crown of, of thorns, some 32 thorns, about three to five inches long, forced it on his head. All this causing him some excruciating pain for false conviction, for crimes he never committed. I'm not going to go into all the detail, but, but I, I keep on envisioning him now, going down to Via Dolorosa. After they pulled that robe off of him, that purple robe, to knock him. Reopening the wounds. The love. They put a nail here. They put a nail here. They put him in his feet. They picked up that old rugged cross and they dropped it in the ground. His love allowed him to do that. Because he chose to draw men to him. He said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So his love is drawing us. He's chasing after us. That's hmm. a side note. But I think it goes relevant to the idea of love. I'm trying not to preach here. I'm supposed to be teaching. I'm trying my best not to preach. Okay, just keep coming. His love. His love is intentional. 
No one goes through that without some intent. It's purposeful. His purpose is so we can walk with him as Adam walked with him. We'll get to walking in a minute. How? How can we not chase after the one who chased after us? How can we not enjoy the love that we benefit from? My children, I think about my children. They, they didn't actually be in this world, but they're mine. My love for them caused me to provide for them, to correct them when they were wrong, to encourage them when they were right, to make sure they had food in their bellies, make sure they had clothes on their back. That's love, intentional and purposeful. And now those four children of mine, uh, they're growing young adults. Purposeful and intentional. I talk about my children sometimes. My boy, my baby boy sent me this fancy phone right here. <laughs> he didn't have to do that. But he's befriending his father. He's be not required, but he's befriending his father because the father loved him. So in return, he loves the father. I get a little emotional when I think about these things because I know that God didn't have to do this for me. He didn't have to love me. He could have let me die a wretch that I was. When some, the writer referred to himself as a worm, perhaps I was just plain old dumb. Either way, I wasn't worthy Amen. for the son of man, the son of God to die for me. But that his love rescued me. Romans 8. I want to read that. In 35 through 39. I believe that was also found in the books there. But I want to read this one too. Just to underscore what we're discussing here. We're talking about love, right? The love of Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or, or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Love. Love. But here's the thing about God's love that I found rather intriguing. His intentional love mandates absolute loyalty. God's intentional love mandates absolute loyalty. 
it is said in the scriptures that he is a jealous God. This is not the jealousy that we think of jealousy most of the time. Or one of envy and such. No. No, that's not what this word jealous means in this context. This word jealous means requires loyalty. How can you be a friend of God and a friend of the world at the same time? God demands loyalty. Husbands and wives demand loyalty one of another, and rightly so. How can you say you love your wife, for instance, when you have, I'll just say, concubines on the side? And the same is true, vice versa. That's not love. That's a satisfying of an unnatural desire. But God's love demands absolute loyalty. Absolute loyalty. He was loyal to us. So ought we be to him. And he remains loyal to us. His loyalty to mankind is unbending. An expectation of like loyalty is central. That dedication from man to God is likened to the idea of holiness and sanctification. When one pulls from the world or whatever opposes God in order to love or befriend God, that is holiness. To set yourself apart from whatever displeases God. Love. This brings to a point, a, a, a very important question. How does one befriend God? <laughs> How does one befriend God? How does one chase after God? Adam, I mentioned him a little bit ago. You'll recall, walked with God. He had a relationship with God. And I'll use this word again. He was intimate with God. And that he could share everything with God and God could share everything with him. Isn't that how marriages work? The intimate part? The idea of being able to share without being uh, befuddled or any other thing like that? But this word walk is not so much the physical walk. It's the lifestyle. Adam's lifestyle pleased God. We're talking about before the fall now. <laughs> His lifestyle pleased God. His relationship was intentional and purposeful with God. His manner of life was such that God was pleased. He walked with God. So as God pursued Adam, so did Adam pursue God. Again, Adam did not choose God. God chose Adam. Adam wouldn't have known how to choose God, quite frankly. Adam did not love God first. Instead, God loved Adam first. We chase after God because God initiated the pursuit. It sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? <laughs> We're chasing the one that's chasing us. <laughs> Amen. 
But God initiated pursuit, so we 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 chasing after Him now. But how do we chase after God? How do we appease a jealous God? Might I suggest a few things to you? I don't know how long I've been talking. I don't know if I've been talking 10, 15, or 20 minutes. I really have no idea. <laughs> I wasn't sure how long you want me to go. Keep on, keep on. We're good. One thing we can do to chase after God is to hide the word of God in our hearts. Psalm 119 and 1 greatly leads to that. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, we are talking about the physical heart, the spirit man. I've put your word in my spirit so that I can honor you with my life. I want to walk and talk with Jesus each and every day. I want my life to be acceptable to him in every way. Every way. What's another way we can chase after God by studying his word now we can read it too but when we study we put, you notice what I did earlier I pulled certain words out examined them and put them back in their place let's study it and I do more other types of study too but that's just one type of study but the whole point is to study get well, I'm going to use this word, intimate with God's word. <laughs> Amen. Hmm. What's another way we can do that? By way of worship services. We're here today to honor God. Yes, we are. And whereas we don't meet every day, I, I think the meeting of God's people together to lift them up is paramount in the Christian's life. If we don't honor God in our lives by coming to worship, we really don't love him. I've heard people say, but God told me don't go to church. But I don't know what God they were speaking to. But the God I know said, don't forsake your sin of yourselves together. But that's just the God I know. <laughs> Amen to that. Mm, worship services. And then there's communion with God. Well, then how do we commune with God? Prayer. And, and, and don't take me out of context on this, please. There are, uh, uh, there are a number of ways to pray. You can get down on your knees and that's all, knees rather, and that's all well and good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that honors God when we do that. You can go into your secret closet and pray. I like to walk and pray. <laughs> I can walk for miles and pray. Sometimes I'll be singing as I'm praying. Sometimes I'll just be venting to God as I talk to him. Yeah, I mean. The intimacy, you understand. Not blaming God because it's not his fault. <laughs> I'm not going to blame God. Scratch all that noise. <laughs> so, but sometimes it's just enough to be in his presence. But prayer, you must realize, is not just me talking to God. But I want to know what God. You understand what I'm saying to you? 
What does God want for me? What is he, what, what is he saying to me? Is he saying, son, I want you to do such and such? Or is he saying, son, be still? I kind of need to know that. Prayer. Walking with God is another way to commune with him. I just discussed that, didn't I? Yeah. My lifestyle with him. Ensuring that every step I take, as it were, pleases him. When I go to the school and the kids get me mad, I don't want to cuss the kids out. That doesn't please God. <laughs> hmm. And trust me, those kids can try you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what good will it do for me to cuss the kids out? How will God be honored if I cuss them out? Hmm. I want to walk and talk with Jesus each and every day. I keep saying that, don't I? I want my life to be acceptable to him in every way. Then our lifestyle. I mentioned that word several times during the course of this. Is our entire life pleasing to God? Am I doing what honors him? I'm using I because I don't want to throw the stones at you. <laughs> I'd rather throw the stone at me first. But is my life, am I going home and getting on a little TV set and turning on things I got no business watching? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know what, I, I make this personal because it is personal. And sometimes that's the best way to teach is to make it personal. But there are certain movies I used to enjoy years ago that I can't watch anymore because they're way too vulgar in nature. And I've thrown some of them away. I'm like, if, I, if it's not good enough for me, I'm not going to give it to you. I've thrown some of them away because they were way too vulgar. It was, they, uh, it, I didn't think about that at first. I just looked at the plot line. But the whole thing was just, I mean, it wasn't porn, but it was just too vulgar. Yeah, I'm saying. Amen. Am I telling lies out of my mouth? Lifestyle. Or am I telling the truth no matter what it costs me? Amen. Am I backbiting? Or am I lifting up? Lifestyle. But there is an alternative channel you can watch, TBN. Oh, TBN is definitely out there. Well, I'm not saying that I'm watching those things because I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying that if we do those things, are we really pleasing God? Amen. And you're right, TBN is a good alternative to watch. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Christian programming. Christian programming. Exactly. Exactly. And they have some famous Baptist preachers on there. Uh, Jeffers yeah. and David Jeremiah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, good alternatives. Am I pulling from the things of the world? Oh, I'm talking about lifestyle now. Am I doing what pleases the world or am I doing what pleases God? Does my life match up to God's word? Or is my lifestyle an enemy of God's word? 
And here's one that's difficult. And it's the last one I'll discuss right now. Allowing God to mold you. Allowing God to shape you. The potter's house. The potter is not so much concerned with what the clay wants. <laughs> and the clay has no say so in the matter. But are we allowing God to mold us into what he wants us to be? And being molded is not easy. It means you have to subject yourself to the authority of God's hand to do that. God certainly pursues us. I may suggest to you it is a good idea that we continue to pursue him. Because his love is unfailing. His love is unrelenting. And his love is eternal.